time Making a difference One cup at a time So be sure to grab your tea Grab a seat And tune in to Miss Liz Tea time Making a difference One cup at a time Well, good morning and welcome to Tea Time. That's right, Miss Liz is here. You guys are all expecting me to cancel this week, but guess what? Miss Liz is still here. I am in a little pain, but I am doing well. So thank you for all the prayers that I've gotten in the last 48 hours. I am a tough cookie and I just keep rolling. That's how the show goes with Miss Liz. Uh, and I will be resting in between tea times today. So don't worry. I don't need any messages to get my butt back to bed. I will be taking care of myself. So today I have the incredible David Essel here. And he is going to be talking about healing the Americans. Um, but we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Because I've done some research on David. And I want to kind of do some little twists here. Because David has never been on tea time. So I want to see if he's going to just jump. And give me some answers for some things that I have here because we've had some guests in the past who have similar topics and I want to get into those and maybe kind of align those guys all together because they're all in the United States anyway so they can maybe have a tea time together. Uh, but let's get started. So let's do the disclaimer and a little bit on David's bio. And then we're going to get David in here and he's going to slide in a nice smooth cup of tea today with all of you guys. So grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab your breakfast. It's deeply important that we all have our breakfast. Uh, good minds makes good healing. So let's get started. Disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Time Live Show. Miss Liz, myself, is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Miss Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forth dialogues and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All tea time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may include discussion for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that this show is engaging in discussion forums only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice unless we have incredible doctors and coaches like we do today. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panel's discussion, you may freely contact Contact me through my email at bookingmisslizgmail.com. Participate in today's show in any aspect. I, Miss Liz, welcome you. And if you find that the show is not made for you at this time, I respect those wishes and we'll see you at a later date, at later date and time and show in the future. Now, all tea times this year in 2023 are done on Thursday, 10, 3, and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday. If you see it on a Monday or Tuesday, it's a rescheduled show or a special guest that is sliding in and wants to have tea again. So now a little bit on my guess. Well, who is David Essel? Well, David Essel is a number one best-selling author, counselor, and master life coach, offers a new monthly program to help all Americans to heal. After 42 years uh, as a counselor, minister, number one best-selling author, and master life coach, David has been blessed to have the opportunity to work with so many Americans to help them with all the challenges they're going through. But he realized once again, so many people are in such a difficult financial situation that they cannot afford 
the help of counselors such as myself, such as himself. So what, so what do we do? We create a program just for you. That's exactly what we do. So let's get David in here and he's going to explain to us what that program is. No, let me slide him in here. There we, <laughs> there we go. Hey, I'm just Liz. like, where do I click? <laughs> Brain freeze for a minute. Oh, I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're doing awesome, though. And uh, yeah, I'm so glad to be a part of the show. You know, the country, the world needs this stuff, Liz. You know that. We have so much of the opposite. You just um, taking over the airwaves, all the negativity, the arguing, the ridiculousness, the conspiracy theories. And then we have Liz. Bringing a totally different bright light to this world. And I honor you for doing it, Liz. Great job. Well, thank you so much, David. I really appreciate that. You know, sometimes you got to just do a little twist. You got to do that twisted tea. Yes. And you got to do it different, right? You got to just change the atmosphere, change all this negative into a positive. Yeah. And that's what we do is we serve a different type of tea here. So, David, let's get into healing all Americans. Like when I first heard that, I was like, okay, well, what about me? I'm a Canadian. So... <laughs> And then I did the research and I was like, no, no, no. It's just because he lives in the States. Let's don't take it personal. Like this program <laughs> can work for you too. Yeah. So for all my listeners out there, because I am global, I, David, I want to get into, how did you get that title? Heal Helping me. Americans heal? Yeah. It's a great question. So what happened was when, when COVID hit, we started out with Helping Veterans Heal. And we created this program only for veterans, and it was a way to get them at a very, very low cost. And and when I, I I'm so glad that you brought up helping Americans seal the program because now it's absolutely free. So, and I'll get into it later, but we were giving it away for free now. And, and so we started out with helping veterans heal. And that was right when COVID hit. And we started to get all these veterans that didn't have any money, but were struggling because, you know, they were already had PTSD and now they're locked in their homes, which quadruples the effect of PTSD. So then after that, the first responders came to us and they needed a special program. So we created a helping first responders heal. And then as we continue to make all these subsets, Liz, uh, my, my publicist, TJ Toriello, said to me one day, you know, we're helping everyone, as a matter of fact. And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, well, let me write a book then. That's going to back the program. And, you know, the book is what you said, helping Americans heal the ultimate guide to healing during these challenging times. But it really is helping Americans and the world, Liz. And on our podcast, uh, David Live on buzzsprout.com, we say that we say, hey, welcome to helping Americans and the world to heal because we're all needing this. You know, that book has over 90 writings on completely different topics to help people from every area of their life. And so when we think of helping Americans or helping the world heal, you know, we don't just I mean, mental health is a massive one. Right. But then we have addiction underneath mental health and then we have relationship challenges and then we have financial challenges and then we have career challenges and then we have children challenges. So helping Americans and the world heal has articles for every person, no matter what you're going through, there's an article there for you. I, I love that you said that, everyone, because, you know, I, I did a little bit of uh, searching last night and I watched a couple of your podcasts and I was just like, oh, OK, let's go down here. We're going to go down this rabbit hole. And you're, you're and it's almost like you knew I was going down those rabbit holes because you do hit a lot of audiences and a lot of people in different areas. Uh, you, you, you reach out on relationships, intimacy, you know, uh, all of that good stuff. Like, you know, we don't talk about this stuff because people are scared of talking about the healthy intimacy, healthy relationships, healthy mindsets, you know, because we're all like, oh, well, just take a pill. It'll go away. You know, right. just go, go lay down. It'll go away. But you know what, if you, if you do that with life, you don't settle anything in life. You don't solve anything. You're just putting a bandaid on it. That's right. And that's what I really seen when I listened to your podcast was there's no bandaid. We're going to do the, we're going to do the hard work. We're going to get, we're going to get tough. We're going to slide in and we're, we're going to do the work. We're going to actually get the work done. Yeah. And Liz, one of the things that I bring to the, the, the world, I guess you could say is that, you know, we say this jokingly, but it's the truth. You know, there isn't any type of trauma just about that. I haven't been through, uh, in 1990, I survived a suicidal attempt to take my own life. 
Uh, it was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had in regards to a turnaround. Extremely blessed that I made it. Uh, but that experience opened me up to a world of understanding and education that I didn't know prior to going into that. You know, and as a counselor, as a coach, as an all-faith minister, you know, we go through all kinds of training. But I got to tell you something, Liz, nothing trains like life. Our books and our teaching, I, I, and, and I'm not, not embarrassed to say this, is really a bunch of crap when it comes to what people need to heal. Are there some therapeutic tools and, 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 and universities and that to put out good programs? Yeah, there are, but there's not enough. We have too many people still working on 1970, like what, what they learned in 1970 at college, what they learned in 1980. Listen, what you learned in 2021 is old news right now, okay? So, you know, we gotta stay alive. We have to stay updated. And, and that's one of the things I love is that all of the challenges I went through, you know, at the end of recovering from the, the, the failed suicide attempt, Liz, I went through a battery of mental health tests. Now, I had already been a therapist, counselor, minister, the whole nine yards for, for well, 11 years when, when 1990, I started in 79 and in 1990, I reached a breaking point. Um, but when I came out of it to something, and, and, and this is really important for people to understand, you know, we cannot self-diagnose. Even with someone with my background, Liz, I couldn't diagnose what I found out that led to the attempted suicide. At the end of that, I had this most amazing psychiatrist in the world, and he put me through this battery of tests. Every test came back, deep clinical depression, which we knew that was there because you don't try to kill yourself if you're not clinically depressed, number one. Number two, but we didn't know about the generalized anxiety disorder I had had since youth. We didn't know about the ADD. We didn't know about ADHD. You know, in the, in the, in the 60s, you know, you, you didn't have tests like this. In the late 50s, you know, when I went to the doctors in the late 50s, there weren't tests for ADD, ADHD generalized anxiety disorder for kids, depression for kids. You know, nowadays we have it. But so I went through all those years self-medicating, Liz, with alcohol, cocaine. You know, I, I went and, and I medicated for 30 years, starting at 12. I was a full addict from, from 12 to, for 30 plus years. And then when it finally came crashing down and and they started to diagnose all of these different mental challenges, at first I pushed back and I said, Doc, that's not me. I'm Mr. Motivation. I, you know, I had a bad experience. I survived it. But, you know, come on, I'm, I'm, I've been on covers of magazines. I host radio shows, TV shows, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and he looked at me and he said, David, he said, I honor your thoughts. I'm going to tell you your thoughts are completely incorrect but we're not going to get into an argument. I'd like to offer you something so that we can have even a better understanding of what you're going through. And I said, what's that? He said, I'm going to send you to a different center to go do the same test because I don't want you to think that somehow the test in my center is being altered in some way to come up with all these diagnoses. I really do want you, would you go to another? I said, I'll go in a heartbeat. And the result was the same, Liz. And I came back to him and said, doc, I apologize. You know, I have a lot to learn. And I did. And I went on this torrid pace, Liz, from then till right now uh, of understanding, going really deep into the world of mental health, going deep into PTSD, going deep into dysfunctional relationships, going deep into addiction, going deep, deep, deep into spirituality. We, my 15th book uh, is coming out in probably about 30 days. And it's all about spirituality, something that we can deepen greatly during this time. And a lot of people will love it. And a lot of people will benefit. And a lot of people need it because in this time and age, we're missing that groundedness. You know, we're missing that. Um, and I'm not saying that people have to go to church, but if you love church, go to freaking church. <laughs> yeah. David, I, I love you, man, because I'm the same way. You know, if you want to go to church, go to church. We're not stopping you, but it, it's within yourself. You don't need the church to heal yourself. And the, and the higher spirit, your spirituality, your religion, whatever you believe in is within you. The Lord is within you. Like he made us, he created us. It's within us, yeah. you know? And I, and I really like that you said that because a lot of people are like, Miss Lee, you're not, I'm not religious. I'm very spiritual. Uh, I believe that there is a higher power that is guiding me and taking me through life. And, and, and suicide attempts, I believe are given to us for a reason, David. And I want to get into that with you, but I want to take you back before we get too far in the, in the topic, because I, I, I forgot to do the question, like do this with everybody <laughs> is who was David as a little guy? 
to where you are now? Like, what was the transformation? Because sometimes when we go back to our inner child, our little child, we realize where some of the things took us on our paths where yeah. we are today. So who are you as a little guy? Well, you know, as a, as a child, I was always someone craving attention. Um, I, I really needed a lot of emotional attention. I was extremely a sensitive child. I'm an extremely a sensitive man. Um, but, you know, I, my mom and dad, who were amazing, and they both, my mom died three years ago, my dad a year and a half ago. Um, they did everything they could, but I was more than a handful. Uh, the fact that my mom never kicked me out of the house with everything I put them through as a child, Liz, is just it just tells you that she was Mother Teresa without a doubt. And, you know, my late 20s, early 30s, I called them both on the phone and I said, I have a major apology to make. You know, 90 percent of what you tried to teach me as a child and as a teen was 100 percent correct. And I am sorry. Uh, I, I think, you know, we, we, we have to, a lot of people want to beat up parents all the time and, you know, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my parents. I was raised in this and I was raised in that. Well, you know, I was too. Um, my mom and dad didn't know how to handle the intense sensitivity and the intense sensitivity led me to outbreaks, emotional outbreaks of rage, uh, anger, because I wanted people to listen to me, you know, and back then, and even today, Liz, I work with parents, teaching them how to work with children who are very sensitive. And, you know, the most important thing to do with a sensitive child or a sensitive adult is to allow them to have space to speak whatever is on their mind without judging them, without turning them down, without shutting them down. You know, the, the kind of phrases is, oh, I know you're going through a tough time, but it'll be better tomorrow. You know, those kind of things destroy people. They destroy people. People aren't asking you to tell them that everything's going to be good tomorrow. They want you to shut up and listen to their pain. <laughs> they want you to be quiet and keep your mouth zipped. You know, the uh, greatest... David, ahead, I, really, uh, I really want... I. I really want to thank you for saying that because, you know, so many people are out there trying to give advice. Just shut up and listen. Yeah. Yeah. Just zip it. We're, we're, we're going through a hard time. We already know we're going through a hard time. You don't have to tell us, well, you should be doing this and you should be doing that and you should be yeah. calling us. Don't be shooting on anybody. Yeah, you know, just right. shut up and listen. Like That's right. You know, I, I, I did a, a, a video the other day on what does someone who's in the grieving process need the most? And all they need is someone's presence. They don't need words. Words will destroy any type of healing when you're with a grieving person. Um, words like, you know, is there anything I can get you is okay. Um, I am here for you is okay. But that's about it, Liz. We tell people after those two phrases, do not say a word unless they ask or unless they want to talk about something. But, you know, the well-meaning phrases, um, especially someone who's grieving, like, you know, God needed another angel. It makes me puke. Um, you know, maybe in two years that person can hear that, but not not soon, not not soon at all. And as a matter of fact, I would never say that to anyone. Um, at least they're out of suffering. I wouldn't say that for a year to two years if someone lost a parent or anyone. You know, a very good friend of mine, Scarlett Lewis, who lost her son Jesse in the, in the uh, Sandy Hook massacre at six years of age. This is going back now 16 years or something like that, Liz. It's amazing. You know, I, I actually um, friends with with Scarlett and about eight months after her son was murdered, I was hosting a show with Sirius XM and I contacted her and I said, hey, listen, I know this is way too early, um, but if you you know are ever ready to come on the show, I, I would love to talk to you about this. And and she said, David, I'm ready right now. And I said, Scarlett, it's only been eight months. And she said, yeah, but I, I do what you tell people to do. I have been writing ferociously with a system of forgiveness. And I said, come on the show. And I and she gets on the show and I said to her, um, a couple of things I want to ask you, Liz, uh, Liz uh, Scarlett, a couple of things I want to ask you. Number one is that what percentage have you forgiven Adam Lanza? It's been eight months. And she looked at me and she said, 75%, David. Wow. I'm on my way home. A year later, when I interviewed her, she said, 95%, David. She said, I have so much compassion for Adam Lanza and what he went through that brought him to the place of killing my child. Uh, and she said, you know, one of the things that you talk about all the time, and I want to reiterate, and this is Scarlett talking. As a matter of fact, Liz, I got Scarlett to write what I'm going to tell you next in our first number one bestselling book, which happened about seven years ago, Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will is the name of the book. 
And I had Scarlett write in there about statements that people make in the grieving process that are so harmful. And what she said is that, you know, well-meaning friends were coming up to her and said, well, we guess God needed another angel. And, you know, we're sitting there going, he's six years old. What do you mean God needs another angel? Don't ever say that to anyone. You have a child that you, I don't care if the child is 30 for God's sake. You know, and and then, you know, all the other phrases that people are so comfortable using that are so destructive, you know, they're out of pain. Well, guess what? The person who's grieving and suffering doesn't need to. That doesn't do anything to help them be with them, be present. Don't give them answers of what you think they need to hear because we're way off, Liz. You know, going through the process, my mom and dad, it took four years to die. They suffered like hell for four freaking years. And, you know, I am such a fan of euthanasia. And my my, my parents are very old fashioned. Um, you know, they would have never done anything like that. I mean, it was just unbelievable hell for four years. But, you know, I learned so much in the four years with my mom and dad. My brother and sister were the main caretakers. But, you know, I learned so much. And these things that I've learned about what not to say, you know, what to say, how to sit with someone who's grieving, you know, how to, how to not, not say a word and how they benefit just from you holding their hand if that is something that they would desire. You know, I mean, this is real life freaking experience. And if we want to go super deep, I can tell you about it. Uh, my mom and dad visitations blatant visitations, blatant visitations after they passed over and how we got that happening. Anyone can have it happen, Liz. You have to create gateways. And I created all kinds of gateways. I would write letters to my mom every night. You know, it took 10 months of intense tears, intense crying. My mom is my saint. She still is, you know, and I feel her all the time. And by writing that she's come and visited me, there's been other people in the room when they've seen me corresponding, talking to my mom, for God's sake, you know, this stuff is real. And then my dad, and, and there's, you, you, you can go on YouTube, you can go on, on, on my podcast. You know, I just did a brand new one about my dad and, you know, they, they continue to visit and, and this is hope. You know, I, I share these stories, Liz, because, you know, life is eternal, everlasting, because all life is, is love. It cannot be destroyed. It cannot be altered. When someone passes over, it's love passing over. When you cry a tear, it's tears of love. At first, we feel their tears of sadness and they're ripping our hearts out. But then we find out that the only reason we're crying is because we love them so deeply. Yep. And I, I'm so glad that you're bringing this up, David, because, you know, we talk about eternal love. Why do people think when someone passes that the love ends? You know, Liz, we have been misguided by well-meaning organizations, many of them, you know, that uh, have very profound hooks in people's minds, hearts and souls. And there are these different organizations. There are some that'll say that once someone passes over, they're they're only available for 30 days to, you know, to correspond. There's others that say if you correspond with someone who passes over, you're doing the work of the devil. I mean, there's all kinds of just ridiculousness out there, you know. So, but it's called mass consciousness. When when I was raised and I was at a funeral, I said those things that I would never say today. You know, I because I was just following the crowd. I was following mom, dad, and whoever was standing right. next to me. I didn't I didn't know how to, to think on my own. You know, so now we you know we're we're looking at this and we're saying we we've got to really continue to change with the times. We've got to keep up. And just because we've been doing something for 250 years doesn't mean it's accurate, doesn't mean it's correct. But it's hard to break these long-held traditions. You know, it really is. It takes very strong, very independent people. But it takes something else, Liz, that people don't talk about very much. It takes someone operating from a higher level of human consciousness to understand what I'm saying. You know, and people who operate at a higher level of human consciousness spend very little time on the news and very little time on gossip and very little time on conspiracy theories because they understand life isn't about all that nonsense that most people put their time into. You know, the people with higher levels of consciousness understand that when someone is grieving, all that person needs, wants, desires, craves is someone sitting next to them with an open heart.
You know, someone with a higher level of human consciousness makes decisions on a daily basis that they know is good for themselves first, because as long as they're operating really highly, they can then positively influence people around them. You know, I can blatantly say that um, I did a video not too long ago admitting regrets I had with my parents passing. Um, I will tell you, it's not the easiest thing in the world to come out and say that you've made an error in, in your parents' passing. But the reason I did it is because I spend a lot of time with teachers bringing me up to higher levels of consciousness. And one of the most important things that we can do is admit our errors, especially when we're in the light like you and I are, Liz. You know, for people look up to us and they may hold us um not necessarily in a healthy way on pedestals and there's no need for that stuff, but there is need yeah. for people like you and I to be open and honest. And, you know, what I said in the video um, and, and I made this comment, I said, I'm, I'm sharing what I did incorrectly so that if your parents are still alive, that you won't make the same mistake that I did. And the mistake that I made was that I used different excuses like COVID. I live in Florida. My family is up in Syracuse, New York. So four years uh, when my, my mom and dad first came down and got hit really hard with the dying process, um, I couldn't fly to New York because if I did, there was a, a 10 to 14 day quarantine that went on for freaking ever if you tested positive and, you know, you could get it on the on the the, the flight on the way up, for God's sake. So if you tested negative in Florida, you could be on the plane and you can get into Syracuse and post test positive and all of a sudden you're in a quarantine for 12 days. So I use that as a reason that I didn't go in the first year when they were that sick, you know, and then it got even more difficult. Um, my mom died very unexpectedly, even though it was a four year process. I had no time to get there. I mean, it, it, she no one even thought she would die on the day she did. She died of dementia and it was one of the worst things you could ever experience. Then when my dad was passing, uh, I raced to Syracuse in a car from uh, Florida because we still had all those ridiculous uh, things going on in, in the state of New York and I couldn't get stuck there. Uh, and I, I missed his passing uh, by a few hours. It crushed me, Liz. The, the number one thing I've wanted my whole life, there was a teacher I had in the 80s. His name is Ram Das. Ram Das is extremely well known in the spiritual world. He passed just a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, he's the one that really got me in regards to going deep into this world of consciousness. And so I, I, I missed my dad. And when I did the video, I said, listen, this was was avoidable. You know, I could have driven up at any time and I didn't. And that's something that I have forgiven myself for. You know, I'm not carrying it forward with any kind of badge of honor or badge of disgrace or guilt or shame. I have none of it. I admitted, you know, to myself, I do a lot of journaling. I wrote what I could have done that I did not do. Uh, that, that was an error on my part. And we make errors as human beings and it's okay to make errors. It's okay to have regrets. The only thing that I say about regrets is let's work through them. It's okay to have them, but let's work through them. And that's what I did. So I can speak openly about the mistakes I made, the regrets I may have had about not being with my mom and dad as much as I could have. But I hope that that frees someone else, Liz, from, from two perspectives. Number one, if they're carrying regrets, I hope they'll forgive themselves. I really do. Because my guess is most people who have passed over have already forgiven us because all they are is love. And so they're not holding any type of um, anger, resentment at you. So why are you holding it against yourself? Be gentle with yourself if you've made mistakes. Forgive yourself. It's okay. And then the second reason I did it was because I'm hoping, you know, maybe someone has a, a parent or someone who's ill and they keep delaying going and seeing them. And I'm going to ask you not to. I, I really want to thank you, David, for that, because my dad passed and I didn't get to say goodbye. And I was just like, OK, everyone, let me know when it's time for me to come, because I was the further I was the oldest and I was the furthest. And they were all there. And because I my family has a lot of dysfunction. I was just like, I'm not getting into any of that right now. You know? Uh, so I said, just let me know when it's time. And, you know, I didn't get that chance to say goodbye to my dad. And I, I lived with that regret for the first two years of his passing. I was mad at myself. I was angry at myself. I was angry at, at everyone else. I, and I was like, you know, dad doesn't want me angry. Dad just wants me to 
you know, I, I literally took his candle and walked the streets in this freezing storm. And I was like, dad, like no one's getting along. Like, I don't know how to fix this. I know I'm the oldest. I have to fix this. And I was just like, and then I just started doing these annual walks with him and I would just take his candle and I would just have this talk with him. And as I was doing that, like you said, you know, the presence, writing letters, talking to them, they still hear us. Yes. And they tell us, you know what? It's okay. Carry yeah. on. I'm yeah. still with you. Yes. Just not in that same way, but I'm still yes. with you. Carry on. You know, and that's what brought me to where I am. You know, that he's been gone seven years. Mm -hmm. And in the first two years, I was angry. I was mad at everybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to hear anything. I didn't want to hear any nonsense, you know. And in the last five years, it was just, Liz, just carry on. Yeah. Dad's got you. Just carry on. I know we had our hard times, but carry on, yeah. you know. And I really want to thank you for sharing that, David, because, you know, we live with regret, and the regret only hurts us. That's right. That's only right. It takes within us, right? Yeah. And I want to get back to, because at the beginning of the show, you talked about attempted suicide. I attempted suicide nine times, and then I said, okay, obviously you don't want me where I'm supposed to be going, so I'll, I'll just stay here and I'll figure this out. But I feel that that's an awakening for us as well to say, you know what, there's something that needs to be healed. There's something that needs to be fixed in me. Why, why do I want to go to this degree of life to end it? Why can I not fix it? Yeah, there's there's a lot to fix many times, is, you know. What is holding me back shows is in order to heal, we really got to take take accountability, right? Responsibility for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, depression is rampant in, in our country and the world today, depending on statistics that you look at. It's, you know, and most of them say around 40%. In our private practice, Liz, it's much higher. Um, you know, I look at 60, 65% of individuals uh, in this country are going through some type of a depression, anxiety experience. It's normal with the way how crazy the world is. And, and so we want to really focus on what are the solutions to these things, which is one of the reasons why the number one reason that we wrote the book, Helping Americans Heal, is we bring up, you know, if you're struggling with depression, you know, what is depression and how does it form? And, you know, what are the major drivers? And believe it or not, you know, it's kind of interesting. One of the major drivers of depression is submerged anger and rage. It's one of the top drivers of depression and people don't know that. And there's a lot of women depressed that would never admit that they're angry, that they're filled with rage because an angry woman in society is called a bitch. An angry man in society is called an angry man. So women have been conditioned to not talk about their anger. Oh, I don't ever get, oh my God, Liz, you would not believe how many female clients I've worked with in 43 years who said, David, I just don't get angry. And within about 30 minutes, they're getting angry because I'm asking them questions about when this person did this and how did you feel when this, and all of a sudden you see him and I say, mm, I think we, I'm seeing a little frustration coming out as anger. And when we can get them to admit, you know, I am really pissed off at my husband, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my wife, my mom, my dad, my boss, my teacher. I mean, at least get it out, right? Like this is the first thing is to vent, is to get in touch with reality. If you can't get in touch with reality, you know, we have this four phase uh, uh, program that we teach, Liz. I may be able to go over it really quickly. Uh, if you have an emotion that's really got you by the neck. Uh, and let's say someone's really angry. So we'd say, you know, because our country and the world doesn't know emotions. We don't know how to talk about emotions, Liz. We don't know how to process them. We, we don't even know what some of the emotions we're feeling are. It's so sad, you know, but so let's say someone is angry and I'm working with them as a client. So I'd say, okay, write down your emotion you're feeling. I'm angry. Okay, now write down why. I'm angry because my best friend borrowed $500. He told me he'd pay me back a year ago. I still don't have a penny. And every time I see him, he keeps promising me he's gonna pay me and he never does. And I'm really angry. I said, okay, so we know the emotion you're feeling is anger and we have a reason for it, right? Okay, step number three is a two-part step. A, can you do anything about it right now? And if he were to look logically, he'd go, well, geez, I've been asking the guy for a year and all I keep getting is a bunch of BS. So <laughs> the answer is probably no, there isn't anything I can do right now other than take him to small claims court if I want to do something like that. But I think most people would say, you know, I'm just so frustrated, you know, with this fact that he hasn't paid me. And can you do anything? <sighs> I'm just going to let it go or I'm going to take him to court.
Well, either way is fine with me. I don't care what you do, but let's come up with a solution to your anger, which is the whole point of the third step. If there's nothing you can do, let's write out, let this thing go. If there's something you can do, write down, this is what I'm going to do. And then the fourth step, and this is called the full closure therapeutic exercise. The fourth step, we feed the brain something healthy. So we've gone through and we said we're angry. We've written down why. We've come up with, yes, we can do something or no, we can't. We've taken care of it, Liz. There's nothing. There's no other reason to go over and ruminate and rethink it. We've made a decision. We can't do anything about it. We've made a decision. We're going to small claims court. Okay, decision made. Next step, let's say thank you to the brain and quit the overthinking, quit the rumination. And how do we do that? Well, one of the best ways to do it is meditation. But if you don't know how to meditate, go onto YouTube and Google meditation audio, put that sucker in your ears and focus on something healthy for your brain. You know, there are certain megahertz, like 42 megahertz, according to people who are experts in the world of megahertz. And I don't know anything about megahertz other than how to say the word. I don't know what it means, Liz. I am just honest with you. And so I <laughs> David, I'll be honest with you. The megahertz, I cannot do them. They they infuriate me. They okay. enrage me. Right. Like, and I and get angry. Like, I mean, like, I'm just like, like, seriously, this is supposed to calm me down. Like, what how is this calming me down? Like, this is not like really like give me a good, give me a good country song or something. But this, no, this doesn't yeah, that, and, work for and, me. And you know, and crystal bowl meditation. Some people love it. Some people hate it, you know, and, and it doesn't, I mean, if you go and Google David Essel meditation, you'll find a 44 minute relaxation meditation audio. You can do five minutes at a time. I have all my clients at five minutes, Liz. And I say, Hey, listen, when you want to go to six, go to six. When you want to go to seven, go to seven up, up in a minute a day or whatever, but you know, don't kill yourself with it. Um, but that would be good food for the, you know, like whatever you just said, a country song, you know, whatever it is, that's good food for the brain. We want to end this exercise. So now we're starting to get in touch with our emotions and not only getting in touch, we're saying, and, and how does that create it? Oh yeah, because he or she did this. And then what are my options? Oh, okay. Well, I really don't have any options. I just got to let it go. Good. Now let's celebrate. Let's do something fun for the brain. Let's get that dopamine pumping. Um, a couple, oh, it has to be now I'm off of social media now, but a couple months ago, I was on social media and there was this great three minute video by this black woman who said, you know, have you ever had a hard time getting going in the daytime? Watch what I'm doing on this video. And she went on to explain that she was not a morning person, never had been a morning person. She has a job that makes her a morning person. And she said three days a week or so she can get up on her own and get to work on time. But two days she is dragging her butt. And she goes, so you know what I do? I do a dopamine boost. I put on three of my favorite dance songs back to back. I dance all over my place and then I get in the car and I race to work because I'm in a great mood. So if that's how you want to reward yourself after you go through the steps of understanding why you're feeling the way you're feeling, cool with me. I think it's great. I, I think it's really cool, you know, that we take accountability and we find solutions. Mm -hmm. I, you know, a lot of people are like, Miss Liz, you need help. Miss Liz, you need counseling. Miss Liz, I don't need any of that guys. I just need you guys to understand that I have my ups and down days. Like I'm a roller coaster and I'm going to be transparent about it. And I'm not going to do what you suggest me to do. If I know that it's not going to work, mm -hmm. you know, and we got to build these two boxes. And that's what you're saying is this woman was saying, I'm not a, I'm not a morning person, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, and we got to learn to let things go. Like you, like the example you gave like borrowing money. Well, if you take the small claims, that's just going to stress you out more because then maybe you might not even get the money to begin with. And you'll be more in the hole for money because you got to pay for all the court costs and you got to pay for <laughs> like, you know, just let it go. Sometimes you just yeah. realize, okay, that person, I can no longer work with that person I can no longer support. Right. You you showed me that I cannot depend on you to pay me back. So let it go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But one thing that you mentioned, David, is emotions. We don't talk about emotions. Yeah. You know, I've been in anger management four times. Yes, Miss Liz has been is that angry. <laughs> David, I am one of those women that will admit I do have <laughs> anger issues. I, I have anger with things that don't make common sense to me. Mm -hmm. Things that are so simple that are turned into a 360 degree angle of confusion infuriates me. 
you know, something that can just get done within two minutes, but you're taking six months to do it. It, it really ticks me off, mm -hmm. you know, and I really hate when my time is wasted because we can never get that time back. It's true. You know, so when I, when I watched some of your podcasts, David, you talked about this, you know, the time, the time is precious, you know, yeah. stop wasting it and yeah. let's move forward. You know, let's take accountability. Let's take some responsibility and let's find solutions. Let's feed our brain healthy stuff. Yeah. You know, stop with the negative, stop with the, the news. We all know there's a war going on. Everyone knows that you don't even have to turn the channel on somebody in the coffee shop is talking about it. Somebody, you know, we know that there is pain in the world. There has been pain in the world for centuries, Yeah, you know, and we're repeating history. So when, when I read your book and it says helping Americans heal, I, the first thing I said, like right at the beginning of the show, is I said, well, I'm not a Canadian, so how is he helping me? And then I'm just like, Liz, knock it back. You're taking this personal. It's not because he's working with everyone. Yeah. It's just, you know, we take words so personal sometimes. And we then do. we're just like, okay, well, he can't help me because he's not in my country. Oh, she can't help me because she's not in my country. She doesn't understand what my country is going through. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. I'm a human and be it is human being we understand you know and like you said sometimes words just don't need to be said they just just yeah. zip it like just yeah. listen you know i really i really appreciate what you do david because i like the transparency i really love when my guests are transparent because it shows me that i'm on the same same scale as you. Right on. You know, I there's no higher level, there's no lower level, you know. We're human beings. We mm -hmm. all bleed red. We all suffer. We all have things that we've gone through. And you hit a lot of departments, like you hit relationships, intimacy. I really want to get into that because we don't speak about that as well. We don't talk about emotions, we don't talk mm -hmm. about intimacy, we don't talk about relationships. We're all like, no, my relationship's fine. Okay. Close that door. How well is your relationship? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, you know, John Gray was not far off in 1987 when he came out with his book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I mean, he really wasn't that far off. But I got to tell you an interesting story. I interviewed John in the 80s when the book was really hot and it first come out. And, you know, I said to him on, on air, I said, you know, John, I'm not quite sure I really believe this. You know, guys go away into a cave and all that kind of stuff. Now, Liz, the reason why I struggled with believing it was because I I had never been like that. You know, I, I had never had a man cave. I didn't have, you know, 20 guys I got together with every Saturday or Sunday and football that, you know, tailgated it and partied together. You know, I, I didn't have that that need to have a cave to run, run away or anything. So, you know, I, I, I really didn't follow it as, as closely. Uh, around 1992, I think it was, or 93, I had him back on and I go, oh, hey, John, I got a major apology, brother. <laughs> Over the last five years, I'm looking at all these male clients coming in and man, oh man, I even have somebody these traits that I didn't think I had reading in your book, you know, so we had a great conversation and, and that's one of the greatest challenges, Liz, you know, between men and women. I mean, there are massive differences. There's differences that society puts upon us. You know, I mean, a, a man that shares tears is still questioned sometimes, which makes me just like insanely crazy. Like, oh, my God, the guy's got bigger balls than anyone else who's willing to to cry in public. Would you give him like some kudos? You know, yeah, right. Right? Give like him a break. Yeah, give him a break for the Lord's sake. You know, and, and we see this with kids too. You know, I mean, I, I, I thought that we had it tough in the 50s and 60s growing up. Nothing like what it is today. Um, and, and I see just the brutality of children on children and teens on teens, you know, and there's um, we, we've gone, you know, we, we used to have this incredibly strict, you know, through the 1900s up until about 1970, 1980, I'll say even until 1980, it was a very uh, paternalistic society, very dominated by dad knew, knows the best. And if dad wants to beat you with a belt, that's his right, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then in the late 80s, early 90s, we made this complete turnaround in the exact worst direction in the world. And people started becoming friends with their kids. The biggest right. freaking mistake ever. You know, all we've done is created a world of entitled kids uh, that believe they can get anything they want because mom and dad never set down the rules, didn't have boundaries and consequences, you know, and 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 I'll say to parents, you know, if your child is that entitled and they're 14, 15, 16, I'll work with them for a couple sessions. But trust me, if they don't do the homework, they're gone. 
you know, because I'm not going to play the game that you've played by get, letting them get away with everything. They're not going to heal. You know, they have to do the work. Uh, that means they're going to be reading chapters out of adult books because they're 14 to 18, for God's sake. They can read adult books um, and they're going to be doing written work. You know, now, uh, Liz, for the, the percentage of teens that actually do what we recommend, they end up doing fantastic. You know, they're great kids. They they just needed some structure. They needed accountability. They needed someone to answer to that wasn't their parents, you know. Um, they needed to respect adults. And mo a lot of these kids do not respect adults. Why? Because they don't respect mom and dad because mom and dad, you know, played the, the, the friend game. So, but, but when we get these kids and they start following the directions and they go, oh my God, David, like this is really something. I never knew this about myself. I didn't know I was mainly an extrovert and that my anxiety is caused by the fact I'm not involved with enough activities at school. David, I didn't know I was an introvert and I'm being forced to be on the cheerleading squad and I don't want to be around people. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like we get a chance to teach them the, this terminology that, that I don't know about you, Liz, but I was never told at that age, you know, what a difference between an introvert, extrovert, what is a codependent, what, you know, I didn't know any of that stuff. And we get a chance now with these kids, you know, and, and I say 14 through 18, that's usually, you know, we, we do work with some 10 and 12 year olds, but that's pretty rare. Um, we really want them at a little, and this is just my preference. There are other counselors that are just phenomenal with two-year-olds through 10-year-olds, and that's their gig. That's their wheelhouse. It isn't necessarily mine. I, I like them just a little bit more um, able to communicate uh, with, with words that are a little bigger, a little stronger. You know, that's just my, my gig. But, but the cool thing is, is you get these kids and the parents are complaining. They never do this, what I say. They never do what that, what I say. And we got them doing great stuff. You know, Liz, and it makes me feel great and they get excited about coming in so we can make a big difference. But moms and dads, please listen to what we're saying. Work with an updated counselor on how to communicate with your kids. You know, we, we mentioned something before, Liz, about, you know, when, when, when someone is grieving that we don't say, oh, you know, they're in a better place. Um, I've had a lot of parents over the years that I've worked with, with where they had like a 13-year-old girl whose best friend took their boyfriend. Just imagine that you're 13 and your best girlfriend goes and starts hitting on your boyfriend and he ends up leaving you for her. Now, this little girl comes home and she's crying hysterically and mom and dad in their with their best intention, they're not doing this to hurt her, go, oh, you know, Jimmy wasn't that great of a kid anyway. There's a million more guys out there much better than him. And, you know, we didn't like the fact that he was a little sloppy with his hair and we didn't like this. In other words, Liz, they're shoving their daughter's pain down their daughter's throat. That's what they're doing. When you tell people, oh, it's better that you're not there. It's better. That's not what she's crying about. She's crying about that she just was betrayed by two people, her boyfriend and her best friend. You know, allow her to feel the anger, the rage, the betrayal. And if she doesn't know the words, this is where we come in in, in therapy. You know, we can say, what are you feeling? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. You know, could it be, are you frustrated? Yes, yes, I'm really frustrated. You know, what else are you, I don't know what I'm feeling. Would there be any, I don't know, maybe like a small amount of anger? No, I'm really mad. You know, so we get to a chance and, and, and I'm smiling right now because I love this. You know, I love teaching and, and having individuals and whether they're 14 or 84, I don't care, but having them get it, right? Like having them understand. So really quickly, let's just take a, a look at human consciousness. You know, what does that mean? Human consciousness means that as we go higher on the scale, the things that used to bother us six months ago, 25 years ago, have no existence in our life. In other words, you know, I, I'll work with people who are road ragers. And I, I, I know of a couple of guys I'm thinking of, and uh, this is 15, 20 years ago. And I just saw one the other day, which is why it's popped into my head. You know, and he has raised his level of consciousness so high that when someone cuts him off, he bows and silently says, Namaste. I honor the divine in you that resides in me as well, is what that word means. And here's a guy that used to flip people off, get in front of them, slow down, cause accidents, and now he's bowing. You know, like there's this, there's this amazing yeah. opportunity to change. And the higher we want to go in human consciousness, we can go as high as we want. We have, you know, our brand new book that's coming out is called Lessen the Burdens and Lift Your Spirits. 
David Essel teaches you how to create your own spiritual, mental mastermind program. And Liz, this is one of the most exciting books we've written. And, and, and if you know anything about authors writing books, every book is our favorite one. <laughs> Absolutely. Is, I'm, I'm a writer, so I know how that okay, feels. You right? know how that goes, right? <laughs> but David, but this, we have a question that I want to get in because you okay. do have to skip out a little early. So I yeah. do want to get this question in. Go for and it. I want to thank Annette JP. She's a past Tea Time guest that also hosts a show on Mental Health Warriors. So I want to connect you with her as well. Awesome. So, but she has a question here for you, David. Uh, so it says, yes, we must do the work. Right now, there is so many people doing self-harm. What does David say about that? It's an addiction. You know, self-harm is an addiction like alcohol, nicotine, pot, social media. Uh, it's an addiction. We, we need to treat it as an addiction, you know. And what does that mean? It means getting to the core of the origin. Uh, what is the cause of it? And I have a great story of a cutter I worked with a number of years ago. A uh, 14-year-old little girl. Uh, mom and dad divorced when she was seven. Uh, at eight, uh, mom brought a new man into the house and the new man had no interest in this little girl. Uh, and the little girl's uh, uh, biological father had no interest in her at all. So mom was spending every free moment she had with her new boyfriend. And after about six years, the little girl couldn't handle being isolated. And so she found that when she cut, the pain of the cut overcame the emotional pain of the rejection. And so then she would cut again when she would feel rejected and the pain of the cut would overtake the pain of the rejection. And so it becomes an addiction. But when we found the origin, the origin was uh, that she, she had been completely left out, emotionally abandoned, rejected, every word you can imagine. You know, you can imagine going into a house and mom doesn't spend any time or attention with you and you're six or seven years of age because all she's spending time was her new boyfriend. And that goes on for six, seven years. That's so damaging to a young child. And so when we found the origin and we had her write out the origin, uh, then the next thing we had to do, we went through all the exercises I told you, you know, what am I feeling? Where did it come from? What can I do about it? Imagine a 13, 14 year old, what can she do about it? What can she do to convince her mom to love her? What can she do? So there isn't a thing she can do except for take care of her own self, her own identity her own mental health. So we worked for a while together and she loved horses. And so we got, finally her mom was able to get her a horse and she got a horse and she spent all of her time with the horse. And she spent, if she wasn't riding the horse, she was journaling her emotions. I mean, this was an amazingly brilliant girl. At the age of 17, she had worked so hard. At the age of 17, she was able to escape the insanity and got a horse trailer and a truck and at 17 drove by herself to Alaska to start life over again. And she was ecstatic, Liz, simply ecstatic. So it's a great question. Um, the, the young lady that asked the question about cutting, yeah, it's something that's becoming more prevalent, obviously. And, uh, you know, we have people, whenever someone's coming in and they're saying they're struggling with an addiction and they're wearing long sleeve shirts and long sleeve pants in the middle of Florida, uh, summer, you know, you know that there's something going on. Yeah. And when uh, we saw quite a few this summer. And it, it and it is a, you know, it, the numbers are increasing with cutters, uh, yeah. you know, so we really got to get into that and understand that. Uh, Annette would love to have you as a guest on the Mental Health Warrior. She does have a podcast show uh, on there as well. So I'll connect you guys uh, for sure. But before you leave, because I know you have to leave early because you have an, another appointment that you got to jump into, I want to get your tea and then we're going to wrap it up and give all the information out there for anybody that would like to connect with you, David. Okay. And if any of the viewers and listeners out there would like to have David as a guest, just reach out to Miss Liz and I, I will connect you to his uh, publicist as well. So, David, will you slip out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not slipping out yet. We, we, <laughs> we got just a couple minutes there, Liz. We got just a couple minutes, but I want I wanted you to slide that tea in. And so what, what is your tea this morning if I give you the TEA? 
Yeah, the tea is timeless. Tea is timeless. I feel my work is timeless. You know, anyone can benefit it from any time. Uh, it's also timeless because I'm always updating Liz, you know, and so it's timeless because there's we don't we don't sit on anything. I mean, I swear every three to four weeks, I'm adding a new tool from somewhere to help someone move forward. So that's my tea. Our, our work is completely timeless. So and and you said energetic and approachable because yeah. we talked about your tea before we went live. <laughs> yeah, you know, this, this Liz is, does that. I just kind of talk with my guests before they come. I, on. It, it was fun when you brought that up. I was taken aback. I'm going, oh my god, I don't know. But you know, energy is something God given. Um, I'm, that's not something I work on. I, I'm very, very blessed to have a very high drive, very high passion, very high energy. And then, yeah, the last one, approachable, you know, I think this is, again, uh, something crucial in society. Um, I do speak to every homeless person. I ask their first name. I shake their hand. Uh, I give them food or if I have a couple dollars, whatever it is, you know. So, I mean, I'm approachable by everyone in the world, all nationalities, all religions, all races, all creeds, all sexual orientations. It doesn't matter, man. I love people, Liz. The only reason I'm on this earth is to do the work I'm doing and all the work I do is with people. So being approachable is crucial. Um, if there was another one, I would say non-judgmental. Um, you know, I try my best. It's not that I don't have judgment. My God, I'm a human being. Uh, but I do really try hard to not judge. And I work hard doing that. And in that case, you know, when we stop judging others, uh, a benefit is we're also stopping judging ourselves. Don't yeah. forget that. So, David, before you sneak out or slide out or slip out, because <laughs> that's just what we do with tea, right? We make a mess and then we just yeah. aisle three needs a cleanup, right? So, David, uh, before you leave me and you leave the viewers and listeners out there, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, talkdavid.com is the website. So simple to remember, talkdavid.com, because it's all I do, Liz, is talk, just like you. So talkdavid.com. And, you know, we have, and this is where you can get on with the free Americans, uh, helping Americans heal and the world. Uh, we have a newsletter. So sign up for the newsletter. It's absolutely free. And then on the homepage, there's four books you can get for free, four of our bestsellers right on the website. One of them is an audible and the other three are downloadables, but all three are free. If you want to get the hard copy, you can go to Amazon, but we give away Liz so much. And that's because of Dr. Wayne Dyer. Uh, next time I'm, you know, I'm on your show, if I ever have a chance, I'll tell a story. The guy was phenomenal in 1990, how he changed my career in one interview. Uh, but go to talkdavid.com, get all the free stuff. Uh, there's probably six, 700 blogs there, for God's sake. Uh, YouTube videos, we have 2,200 uh, YouTube videos. The link is right on the website, talkdavid.com. So take advantage of all the free stuff. And Liz, this has been a blast with you. <laughs> it's been an honor, David. And yes, you will be back for part two because you know what? We didn't even hit the iceberg. Like we, we, we just had this conversation and this flow and I really want to thank everybody for tuning in and, and checking out this conversation because we need to have more conversations like this, you know, have a heart to heart conversation with your guests, you know, make them feel welcome. And David, I really want to thank you for just sitting and having tea with me, you know, and bringing that conversation that we need at the table and let's heal the world together, Amen, you know, Liz. um, and you know, Check out because David has not, he's giving free four books away, but he's got 14 books. <laughs> I, I did my homework. So <laughs> go ahead and check out those 14 books because there are many different books and you, you different elements in every one of your books. So I highly recommend everybody go check out David's website and check out the books that he has there. And I really want to thank you, David, for joining me. I know you have to skip out. Yes. Um, and that, but you will be back for part two. We will have David in season five for part two. So look out for that. I will fix that all up with David and his publicist and all that. We'll do all that good stuff that, behind the scenes and we'll bring David back for part two. But I really want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank you, Adam, and thank you, Annette. Thank you to the viewers on Twitter that are tuning in. I really want to appreciate everybody. Without all of you guys, I cannot do what I'm doing each and every Thursday with my guests. So thank you for the moral support and that. Um, I just want to put these quick comments up, David. Uh, so I have a high list from Adam. He's a mental health warrior king. So you'll want to get in touch with him as well. Uh, he's interested in your book. Um, been there, done that from Annette. Uh, beautiful work on the soul. 
exactly. We're just going to drop in some of these. Thank you, Annette. Uh, you're beautiful, Liz, always. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, wonderful ideal dance is a great reward. Thanks for mentioning this. So I really want to thank everybody for the comments in that in sections. David had to slide out. He has a he has another appointment, so he skipped out. But I will be, see everybody back here at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the second T, and we'll be talking with Angel Speakers Industry. Uh, Terry Miller Angel will be here, and she'll be speaking about education, peace, environmental issues, and how we can bring positive to the world instead of all the negative. So. Today's going to be a really emotional, spiritual, deep work tease. So, and then we'll be wrapping it up at 7 p.m. with, um, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember who I have at 7. But we will be back here at 7 p.m. Uh, let me just do a quick thing here. Oh, we're going to have Pepper Ann in, and she'll be talking about a uh, real-life crim uh, criminal story. Uh, so, yeah, you want to check that out as well. And for anybody that would like to know more about Tea Time, just check out the website, www.misslizesteatime.com. And, again, David will be back in Season 5 for Part 2. So, again, thank you all for tuning in today, and I will see you guys all back at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the second tea of today. <laughs>